Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and I'm very excited because I have someone who I've had the pleasure of chatting with before. I've been keeping up with her for a long time, and I'm so excited about her growth, and she knows a thing or two about a social media following. You definitely know her, Bachelor Data. Susanna, how are you? It is an honor to be back. Thanks for having me. Thank you for all the work you do tracking all of our all of our friends in Bachelor Nation. Um, how long have you been doing this again? I feel like it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. So I started this project back when I like lied on a job application and said I was proficient in Excel and got the job, but was not proficient in Excel. So I started tracking followers on Colton Underwood season of The Bachelor okay. and was doing it lightly on The Bachelor subreddit and then moved to Instagram. Instagram at the end of Peter's season and really started it during Clarentasia. So we're we're a few years in now, but definitely about two years into doing this really full time on Instagram. It's so amazing. And you've expanded into a couple other reality shows because as we're seeing and as a trend that you can obviously speak to, the Bachelor alums and contestants are not quite getting the following as some of these other shows, which was one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because everyone is talking about Love is Blind. Obviously, the reunion just aired, even though, you know, there were some issues on that end um, and the season ended. And I feel like it's definitely up there if not the most talked about reality show at the moment, um, definitely one of them. So I want to get into some of that data comparing Love is Blind versus The Bachelor, but also how did you decide that Love is Blind was going to be a show that you were going to maybe start tracking? And is there any other shows that you've ventured into? Do you just think that it's the most like competitive as far as like brands with The Bachelor? Yeah. So I've actually, I've been tracking Love is Blind since season one, just because the reason why Bachelor Data started as a first project and now it's expanding to pop culture data is that as I watch these TV shows, I myself am curious and opening up their profiles to be like, okay, well, there are these two contestants and I like one of them and I don't like the other one. Are people following the person that I like more than the other one, or am I are my feelings different than other people? So I just started tracking this for fun that even when Love is Blind first came out this summer or the summer of the pandemic, 
I was like, all right, I'm going to start tracking these people very lightly. And then when season two came around, started tracking it a little bit more seriously. Season three tracked daily. And now season four, I've tracked daily as well. And I've also started tracking TikTok. So it, part of it comes from my personal interest, but also, you know, I've been watching The Bachelor since college back when Jake Pavelka was the <laughs> lead. And, you know, I have my own frustrations with the franchise. I feel like, you know, the show's just been getting stale over the last few years and they're not really doing much to change things up that my own curiosity is just now starting to move in other directions. So I still love the bachelor and like, it is still my original baby and I will never stop watching the show. But as I am watching other shows, I, I can't stop from covering it. And it's, I mean, people have been begging me for years now to cover other shows. I mean, now recently with all the Vanderpump drama, mm-hmm. people are like, can you report on their follower counts? And I'm like, can somebody tell me what's going on? Cause I don't know any of these people. Oh my God. I can tell you whatever you need to know about Bravo and specifically Vanderpump rules. Anytime you need, that's my other full-time job. And I take pride in my knowledge. (laughs) Um, That's actually really funny too, because I wonder if the interest, I think that makes sense. I'm always going to see if people are following who I like to follow to see if they like them, but then there's the hate follow, but then there's this fascination. I feel like that started not started, but definitely Bachelor in Paradise had a big upswing with like the unfollowers and people watching, you know, people gaining and losing followers um, because it becomes a mean of obviously making money. So then people are fascinated by who's losing followers and who's gaining followers with Natasha and Brandon and Piper and all that. And I feel like with Vanderpump, people were probably watching to see if like Sandoval lost followers and if Ariana gained followers. And that's Bravo is like a whole other universe of who's the most followed housewife. And it's, it's there's a lot of factors, but that 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 checks out that people would be reaching out to you about Vanderpump. I assume they want to see Tom go down and Ariana go up. It was the general consensus. Yep. And honestly, in, in most of those situations, like what happened with Brandon and Piper is so atypical. Like that does right. not happen where, I mean, what we'll see instead and what we're seeing with the Vanderpump rules drama, even though I I've read the cliff notes on what happened, <laughs> but it's, it's a universe. I just started watching it, but I'm all, I'm like years behind. Yeah. Still. It's a lot. Uh, But what to be typically what you see in those situations is more that certain people gain at a higher rate than others because people will rubberneck. So it's just like in traffic, whenever there's an accident, even if the accident isn't stopping anything on the highway, the entire highway slows down to see what happened. It's the same thing with these types of situations. What happened with Brendan Piper, I think was really unique. And it didn't even stem from my account. It was while people were watching, it became a social media sensation of watching his follower counts dropping. And then because that started to snowball, everybody went and purposely unfollowed him. Mm -hmm. And we just haven't seen that. That was crazy. I remember being on that website that like tracks it. And I only knew that website existed because of like James Charles a few months before. And it was also COVID and we were bored or I don't know if it was COVID, but it was like around the time where I guess we all had nothing to do besides track people's (laughs) followers and ups and downs. And in a way that was like, kind of scary versus like actual data and like maybe trends that would be interesting to look at versus like kind of like a mob mentality of like, let's unfollow this person, yeah. <laughs> which is very interesting. But I want to get into the love is blind of it all. So love is blind versus the bachelor. What is something that stands out to you as a difference um, as far as follower counts are concerned right now? Yeah. So I think people will look at follower counts, like even this season, and then they'll see 
you know, the number of followers that Marshall has versus his own cousin from the Bachelor franchise. Right. Or they'll look at, you know, Zach from this last season, the, the previous Bachelor, and they'll be like, oh, well, Bachelor is failing because Love is Blind gets so many more followers. But what I think is really interesting that the piece that people don't see as much is comparing season to season. Because if you look back at season one, just at the point of the finale, so it was like the day after the reunion dropped, um, Lauren and Cameron in season one had two point f- almost five million followers, and then Cameron had one point nine million followers. Okay. Then when you go to season two and you compare who had the most followers, it was Deep Tea and Natalie, okay. seven hundred thousand, six hundred thousand. Okay. The next season, season three, Raven and Natalie, three hundred thousand, two hundred sixty thousand, and now this season there's a little bit of an uptick because this season has been way more than he's than season three was. Um, but overall the cast is on average less than the previous seasons as well. Okay. Tiffany, um, at the, the day after the finale is at 428,000 followers. And then Marshall was at 424,000 followers for the day after the reunion. So it's going down as well. And that is on the bigger picture is an Instagram versus TikTok issue. So If you look at, there's some data from Cloudflare, which is a a website that can measure how many times a website or an app is accessed in the world. Um, They've actually looked at the top domains in the entire world globally. So Netflix, Amazon, Google, YouTube, et cetera, all of those. At the end of 2020, so the fourth quarter of the year, um, TikTok had already passed Instagram. And then by a year later, so the end of 2021, TikTok was the most visited website or app in the world. Wow. Instagram wasn't even on the top 10 list. And that was ahead of Amazon, Google, YouTube, all of those apps and all of those websites. So, you know, and a lot of people will hear this and be like, oh, well, TikTok, okay, it's just one in in two Americans use it. But when you think about it, people only have so many hours in a day. Part of that time goes to sleeping. Part of that time goes to work or school or whatever is going on. Part of that goes to family, eating, et cetera. And then you only have so many hours for entertainment. So when time is being taken away from watching TV and people are instead using TikTok, that's why you're seeing in general, TV shows are seeing less and less viewers over time. So the Bachelor franchise, for example, we have data on that the Nielsen ratings ever since the show came out. When Bachelorette started, I, I think the average number of Instagram, or not Instagram followers, the average number of viewers each season was in like the six millions mm-hmm. or eight millions. It was something crazy like that. And every single year after that, and this was long before any of the controversies lately, long before Chris Harrison left 10 years ago, Yeah, each season would see less and less viewers. Hundreds of thousands of viewers would drop off each season. And that's just because more TV shows, social media became a thing. All of these things started happening that pulls people's tension away. And then on top of that, there are more TV shows every year than ever. So there's a ton of reasons why follower counts are going down. Are people watching these TV shows less? Absolutely. There's less people watching Love is Blind than they did at the beginning. Are there less people watching Bachelor? Absolutely. (laughs) And that's going to happen for any TV show. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think the TikTok of it all is so interesting because... I go on TikTok more than I, you know, would like to admit probably publicly, but I don't really follow anyone. Like it's just for you page. 
So it, for me, at least. So I wonder, obviously you, you're, you're seeing followers go up on TikTok and use on TikTok, but I wonder how it works for brands when they are doing like deals on TikTok or trying to make money on TikTok. I guess maybe you get numbers about your impressions or something because the, the numbers we used to see on Instagram were just so high. It's like, you knew these people were getting to a million, even half a million, the deals they must've been getting were so great. And now it's like, TikTok, it's just so different. Like, do you follow people on TikTok? Like, am I doing TikTok wrong? I just do for you, Paige. <laughs> I do. I do follow people just because I, I, I understand the basics of an algorithm that I really like to tailor the precious time that I do have and spend on social media to get the content that I want. So I'll follow people intentionally so I can get that content. And, you know, I'm really intentional about liking and, mm-hmm. you know, engaging with different things. But it's really interesting when you talk about the differences between the platforms, because number one, yes, follower counts are very different, but Netflix contestants are thriving a bit more on TikTok than Bachelor contestants. And I think personally, this is my own opinion, just (laughs) watching and, you know, analyzing and trying to try to see what's going on is in the Bachelor franchise. I feel like people don't put as much effort into making good online content, like quality (laughs) content. You know, people come off this show and honestly, I like, I want to like these people. You know, I want Bachelor to be successful. Like I said, it's my favorite show. As much as I love Love is Blind, like The Bachelor was the first show that I fell in love with. Um, And people will make these videos. And I'm like, did you even watch this back? Like, would you even watch this? Right. (laughs) That's a good point. And then you have people on these Netflix shows like this season of Love is Blind. They were genius. They they launched their TikToks with a group TikTok account or group TikTok video. And everybody got tagged. And then even some of the contestants, I remember Zach, I was watching for a while because he hadn't made any posts on TikTok, but because he was tagged in the video, his account started surging thousands of followers a day, Wow! you know, because it was a good video and it went viral. It was off of Marshall's account who Marshall on the flip side is the contestant this season who has been putting in fantastic effort into making good TikTok content. And luckily he's got a cousin who has a little (laughs) bit of practice, but they're actually, you know, you can't anymore on the internet. You can't just grow a following for simply existing on a show. So if you look at the follower counts and the, uh, what I like to look at is when you look at all the contestants on the bachelor and I I have data from before Colton season two, I go all the way back to Ari season. Okay. So if you look at the average number of Instagram followers that people had at the night of the finale and you take out the final four contestants and here's why Mm -hmm. the final four contestants are going to get the most followers because they're on the show. There's a whole love story narrative written about them, but I want to know the average number of Instagram followers that the rest of the cast gets. Okay. It has been declining season after season. But if you look back at Ari's season and Becca's season and Colton's season, Colton's season was wild. Uh Um, The average number of Instagram followers that contestants got who were not in the final four was 88,000 followers. Wow. Okay. And then you look at like Peter's season, you know, Peter's season had crazy follower counts. Yeah. The average number of followers that those women had were 75,000 followers. That's a lot. Think about like the people who aren't in the final four, how much screen time they really do get. Some of them, literally basically none. And you wake yeah. up on the last, the, the week before hometowns and you're like, how is this person even in contention to get to a hometown? I don't even know their name. And that's yeah. that many people still interested in what they're wearing, what they're promoting, what they care about, what jokes they're making. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. This is not even the final four still getting that high back then. 
And the, if if it's been a hot minute since you've done averages in math, remember mm-hmm. that an average takes all of the numbers that everybody has. So I add up all the contestants and then you divide it by the total number of contestants. So while you're right. going to have outliers that have a lot of followers because they got a ton of screen time, you have to remember that also includes the night one contestants. Right. And then you then look at now Clayton, the average number of Instagram followers that his cast had that was not final four was 21,000 followers. And then you look at Gabby and Rachel's cast and their average is 13,000 followers. But then you look back all the way back pre-pandemic, you know, back when the peak of Instagram before the world shut down and before TikTok blew up. And we look at Hannah Brown's men, their average was 53,000 followers. Okay. So the payoff of going on The Bachelor is decreasing more and more each season. And I think that there's going to be a casting, or I think we're starting to experience a bit of a casting crisis, not to sound dramatic, but (laughs) we're definitely seeing an impact on casting that we're not, a lot of people are complaining about how boring the casts are and how the contestants aren't as fun to follow. And I think this is going to be a problem as people aren't going to apply to go on this show. They're going to be applying to go on Netflix shows where they can get more followers because it's a global show. It's not a U.S. based show. Whereas like I'm going to Brazil next month to go visit my family and I'm already trying to figure out how to set up my VPNs so I can watch the show abroad because I can't legally access it. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. No, I think it's also such a, such an interesting comment with the casting of it all. And I don't know if there's any real answer and I can only imagine what the people actually in charge and how making this decisions are thinking about because it's such a cycle and a double-edged sword because we went through, obviously when the show started, there was no social media. There was for the right reasons for fame to be on the cover of Us Weekly, to be like recognized in the airport was like the version of wrong reasons. Then it turned into The Bachelor and some of those seasons you're mentioning, your Ari, your Peter, those people really did get like, you know, fame. Their contestants got a version of social media fame. So then you started attracting people like that and people were complaining. All these people care about is Instagram followers. And then I feel like the moment the show almost started to embrace that and maybe cast people who wanted Instagram followers, people aren't following them on Instagram. And now (laughs) you're risking, and I can't remember who said this to me. It was an alum recently said to me, the people who, you know, you sign your life away when you go on the show, they're doing an edit. You don't know what it's going to be like. It could be good or bad. And the payoff at least used to be, you're going to get to be an influencer for a hot minute. And now you could get the worst edit ever and still not even really get to be an influencer. So who's signing up for that at all, let alone weeding out the bad reasons, right reasons, whatever actual good TV people, the pool is just getting smaller and smaller, plus all the competition shows. So you would think Instagram followers going down would be like, okay, the people with pure intentions will be on The Bachelor again. But it's like, no, those people don't want to risk it if they're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. And on top of that too. So I just recorded a podcast with Jason Tardick this week. Mm -hmm. And then literally a few hours later, we finished recording and I get on TikTok and I I have to limit my screen time because I'm the same way. It's like, I am embarrassed with the amount of time I just browse social media that I have like the parent controls on myself. Um, And the video came up was Danielle from Love is Blind talking about how poor she was treated during filming with her mental her mental health issues that she was having during filming. And it's funny too, because on that podcast, Jason and I were talking about how much better the net the net the networks treat Netflix contestants versus the Bachelor contestants. But now we're starting to have these stories come out. And then the next day there was this big article that dropped about contestants and how much they were, you know, they weren't allowed to sleep more than four hours and restricting right. food and stuff like that. I think 
you know, this argument of, oh, well, good. I'm glad that they're not getting followers because people are going to go on for the right reasons. I, I hate to be like, <laughs> to be like mean, but like it's, it's BS. Like it's, yeah. it's not going to be the reason why people go on the show because now that people are being more and more vocal about how they're treated on this show and more and more people are like sharing screenshots of the death threats that they've gotten, you know, a ton of people were like, Oh, well, Jackie fake uh, faked her death threats. Um, my tiny account has gotten tons yeah. of death threats. Like if that one was fake, I can tell you there are real ones that she has not seen yeah. in her DMs. And you want to know what Marshall has probably gotten some too. It doesn't matter if you get a good at it or you're bad at it. hundred percent. Like the therapy that I've had to go through, like literally sitting with my therapist and being like, you know, and having him talk, talk me through and just be like, you know, why are you letting these people that you don't even know who they are? Like, why are you letting that impact your feelings about yourself? I can only imagine that type of pain and suffering that these contestants are feeling on that level. You know, I think it's it's naive, essentially, to say that now that these shows are not getting as many followers or these contestants aren't getting as many followers, that people are going to go on for the right reasons. Anybody with half a brain that just wants to fall in love is not going to go on a reality TV show where you put yourself at the mercy of an edit you might come out with a horrible edit with the entire world hating you with death threats, people sending stuff to your family's houses. And it doesn't require you to have 500, a million followers. You can get death threats to your parents' house with a tiny account like my own. Yeah. So like, I I think it's naive to say that. And that people getting less followers, isn't going to make people not go on the show. (laughs) No, a hundred percent. It's almost just like, I think people would think at it, think of it as a quote unquote positive, but I think it's just making the pool even shrink, shrink smaller because the people you really do have to think like, okay, a good out, you know, there's a one in whatever chance I end up with this guy who will I even like him anyway. Now, uh, what is going to be attached to my name every time you Google it? What is my plan after? And there was like this wild spike in the bachelor, at least where it really did change. You know, you look at something like Lauren Bushnell or like, they're gotten rooms with people. They never would have, she never would have been in probably the same room as Chris Lane country singer to meet him. Like, it's just interesting. Yeah. But now you're not even getting those chance. I'm not saying she went on to meet Chris Lane, but like yeah. you're putting yourself in things where it's like, this is only really going to have a lot of positives. You didn't know as much about the backlash. You didn't know as much about whatever. And now everyone knows more of the bad things that could happen. And you're not even getting a lot of the cool opportunities. So like, what is the yeah. point? Like, why would you sign yeah. up for this? You know, definitely gone are the days where somebody comes off this show and is spotted with Gigi Hadid, like Cameron was. But I think also the big, the bigger shift is that if somebody does want to quit their job and become a content creator, where you get these crazy brand deals, you don't have to put yourself at the mercy of a franchise's edit and whatnot. You know, you can just be like myself and just put in the effort and make good, good content and then grow your account that way. Like I was able to quit my job and I work less and I make more money than I ever did before, but I had to work really hard for a lot of years. And still like this week, I've been working 10 hour days, but now that the show's over, I'm going to have a little bit of a break in a few weeks. The Love is Blind reunion put put you out of a, it was work, it's work when we're staring at the screen, not just inconvenience, it's work. (laughs) Exactly. But I think it's just, it's more accessible than ever to become a content creator, which is very cool. I always, I'm the biggest advocate of like, if you want to do this, do it. Um, but you have to have the thick, <laughs> the thick, uh, thick spine or whatever the, the yeah, phrase is skin. like, 
thick skin because even even myself where I've gotten really good, I have my days where I'm really weak and, you know, comments get to me. And my boyfriend has to remind me to be like, why are you taking feedback from people that don't know you, let alone don't even say what their name is on the internet? And I'm like, good point. No, good I get point. it, girl. I get it. That's the YouTube comments. They uh, they are a scary place. <laughs> um, to get back to some of the one I want to real quick, we were talking about Love is Blind and TikTok and stuff and some of their um increase. And in, do you think, I mean, I don't know this, just pure speculation when you were talking about how they kind of hard launch together. I wonder how much Netflix like supports them in the social media following. Cause Netflix, they have a smart marketing team. They have a large department with their unscripted marketing team, not saying ABC doesn't, but just as someone who's kind of watched both of these shows and how they do their press and their promotion, ABC definitely does it in more of an old school way. And Netflix is very much like kind of trying to get ahead of it and pitching these people out. And I would just total guess, think that maybe they were like advising them to some degree of what to do and embracing the social media versus ABC and Warner Brothers like took it personally for such a long time and tried to like fight the fact that they were kind of getting famous on their record. And I think both networks maybe get a little scared that the contestants have so much more power with social though, because they can clap back and the bachelor, they all have ironclad contracts, but they don't have as many rules about what they can post on their Instagram story. That's going to expire. Right. So I wonder if maybe there could be something to be said for this season of love is blind. If they all came together to post some sort of TikTok, if that was somehow Netflix endorsed versus like ABC doesn't really do that where they're like half the, I feel like they just started. Didn't you post recently? Like this was the first season they like tagged the contestants. Yeah, I got, I actually got pretty vocal about it because it's number one, it's frustrating, right? Like I, I, I've said this already, but like, I want this show to do well. Like I want bachelor to be on forever. I want to watch it for another 10 years. And something that I've noticed in watching, you know, how they treat Netflix contestants versus how ABC and, and Disney all, you know, that whole franchise, how they handle social media is that Netflix sees the people that they cast as their stars. Whereas, and what I find really interesting is, you know, there was a bit where Caitlin Bristow was talking about how Mike Fleiss was so against her going on Dancing with the Stars. And we've heard rumbles, not necessarily about Mike Fleiss or this related to Caitlin, but about a lot of leads being held back on opportunities and whatnot. When like ABC just hasn't realized like these are your stars, people like them. They don't like your production team. They don't know who your production team is. They don't. Most people who watch The Bachelor have no idea who Mike Fleiss is. Like, yeah, they don't know these people. These contestants are your stars. So you need to leverage them. And that's what Netflix has done so well. They give them so many opportunities and they treat them well at these opportunities, right? They fly them out. They they get to they, the Love Is Blind. They did that pod in New York City, and then in another city where mm-hmm. all this, you know, people come out and meet the contestants, and then do the pod with them. Um, you don't see this in the Bachelor world. In the Bachelor world, it's like a select, like seven or eight favorites from the franchise that go, and they are the spokespeople for the franchise, which is really funny too. Because even though, like, you know, personally, I'm like, okay, these are all real people, etc. As viewers of the show not all of the people who watch the show necessarily like the chosen people from the bachelor franchise that are being put in all these publicity situations. Whereas in the Netflix world, they're tagging all of the contestants and everything. And I've been making such a stink about this for years. So I'm like, number one, when you release this cast, start tagging them on Instagram immediately, because yeah. these are the people that are going to be starring on TV that you want people to fall in love with. 
And, you know, I I think they've the Bachelor franchise has also, you know, really slipped in recent years with how they're editing their leads. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're turning the audience against their star. You know, Zach was the villain this season. Clayton was the villain his season. Why are you doing that? Like, even if they did mess up the whole season, you were like, I mean, these were people that the viewers didn't necessarily want. And then the edit is turning against them. You know, they need to build more like hero storylines and then drive people to their social media pages so that they get free advertising through them. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, with I know it's it's definitely difficult because Love is Blind, four seasons, a lot more couples to begin with. The Bachelor, more seasons, but one couple that we're allegedly rooting for. But is there an overall like success rate stat? that you have or that you think is the most interesting about people because you know people are going to generalize and be like this is more successful than this show or like no one finds love on the bachelor and there's truth probably to any statement people make but what is your like success rate that you look at or that your your number that you think is most interesting so there's a ton of ways to slice and dice this data Mm -hmm. and you know people get really passionate on whether or not they want to count certain contestants Ooh. as being successful right um so with this season of love is blind a lot of people don't want to count Jackie and Josh as okay. successful because well they're not engaged and they were not an original pod couple yeah. but then if you slice and dice it that way where then you're like well Zach and Bliss were not an original pod couple and it's like okay but they got married so people get really picky and very passionate about who they want to count but essentially what i look at is first off how many potential couples can come out of a season okay. so on love is blind it's 30 contestants every season 15 men 15 women you can have a total potential of 15 couples if everybody matches up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Bachelor in Paradise. It's roughly 50, 50% women. There's always more of one gender. But then if you look at The Bachelor, it's one guy and 30 women. There's mm-hmm. the potential for one relationship. So it's really hard to compare them because technically, if you want to compare them all that way, how many potential couples can there be and how many are still together? The Bachelor and The Bachelorette are doing way better than Love is Blind. But that's because Love is Blind has so many more potential couples Mm -hmm. than The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. But what I like to look at is um, Love is Blind versus Paradise. Okay. Um, Because they're the most similar in terms of you can have a ton of couples come out of them. And I feel like people see them as more successful shows because what they do is they look at how many couples at the end of the season happen. And then of those final couples, how many are still together? Right. So when you look at it that way, it's a little different. It's for me, it feels a little bit more like cherry picking the data to try to, you know, say that Mm -hmm. one is more successful than the other, but love is blind versus bachelor in paradise are actually pretty similar. One's a 13% success rate. That's love is blind. And then the other one is like an 11% success rate. Okay. But I feel like people see them as more successful because When you look at the last four seasons of Love is Blind, three seasons has couples that are still together. And if you look at Paradise, there's been eight seasons and seven seasons still have people together from from that season. Okay. So people feel like they're more successful because they have, okay, well, season three, we have this person that's still together. Season seven, we have like six couples still together. Um, So, you know, 
it's cherry picking however you want to slice and dice it. I actually had, I recorded, it took a, it was a 15 minute video that I was able to cut down to three minutes. Okay. That slice and dice this data in every way. Yeah. Um, and still people in the comments were like, well, I feel like. Right. You can't count this couple. And it's, you know, a lot of those couples where people change their minds end up being the ones that are the most successful. Look at Ari and Lauren. I know. Look I was going to say to bring it to Jason the bachelor, it's the same thing. People don't count. Like the bat, it feels like the franchise only counts Sean and Catherine Lowe based on what we saw in Zach's season. And I love me some Sean and Catherine, but it just doesn't make sense to me if that's their quote unquote success. When you do have Jason and Molly, you do have Ari and Lauren. And even you look at like Matt and Rachel, like they broke up, but they've been together seemingly stronger than ever for several years. I mean, it, it's it's very interesting to what defines success, but I think we see on the bachelor side of things more, you know, bachelors maybe not making the right decision and getting back together or dating for a long time, whereas the bachelorette seems to follow more of your traditional format. But the last couple seasons of the bachelorette, those breakups have come within the year. Like the bachelorette used to be able to flex more success but at this point, I don't even know if that's true. Yeah, it's it's been Bachelorette actually used to be the more successful franchise until yeah. the pandemic hit. And then all of the pandemic Bachelorettes have just wiped out that, re- that record. Right. It's kind of crazy. I think something that really plays into Love is Blind's favor, which also is a big frustration that a lot of people, including myself, has is that this sh- the turnaround of the show mm-hmm. is much longer. So The Bachelor, for example, it films in the fall and then premieres in January. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And then Bachelorette films like around this time of the year yeah. and then it turns around in, in June. Like it's a, it's a few weeks turnaround typically. Um, Love is Blind season four was shot last year in April. So it's right. been a whole year. And these these contestants, yes, they're on TV. It's about two months of filming between the pods and then the engagements and the in the wedding at the altar. But then they have like eight months that they have like privately. And nobody right. in the no one in the world knows who they are because it's not like the Bachelor franchise where they drop the cast before filming, which let's be real, the Bachelor franchise, like they need that because of how much bad casting is yeah, they need the so Reddit they, sleuths to figure out who to cut before night one. <laughs> yep. And, but love is blind on the flip side. They get this privacy of living their lives without the scrutiny that is, that happens these days. And something that really stuck with me was reading Matt's book and just hearing about, you know, how he had to process all of that, you know, suddenly he just became this, 
this figure of this controversy right. and having to process that all like, I, like my, I get heart palpitations thinking about, you know, what Irina, what Micah have been dealing with. And, and even Jackie, like, do I like Jackie? And do I like their, you know, some of the stuff that she's been saying online and doing absolutely not, but I get heart palpitations thinking about the stress and anxiety that she's been going through, Yeah, but they had her and Josh, they had all these months privately to focus on their relationship, figure out if they were right before going through this. And, you know, I feel like Jackie and Josh are going to be stronger than ever because they had that time together. And now they get, they had to go through this really hard thing together, but with a solid foundation. That's very true. The bachelor does, they give them like a couple weeks. They try to see immediate shift, obviously of cameras go away. Also love is blind. It simulates the real world to some degree. Obviously they put them in an apartment that the show is paying for, but they're still living together, going back to their everyday life to some degree, having to make it work. Whereas bachelor were in fantasy land to get them to fall in love. You know, it's different processes, obviously in the pods, maybe they're, you're suspending some real life, whatever, but then you get back into real life pretty quickly. And the bachelor, they, they get back, they get into real life. Sometimes they immediately are like, oh no, this was a mistake. Other times the happy couples, the, you know, the fantasy gets to last a little longer and then the show starts airing and the also take the lead very much having to do press, having to watch it, getting, you know, being so busy, getting to become a star, leaving their winner behind, then to come together to do interviews, to be questioned about everything yeah. they ever did. And then to try to start, it is an insane yeah. foundation. <laughs> Especially like The Bachelor with like him and Katie when they went to go do uh, press the next morning and they were yeah. having to do the happy couples game. And I'm doing some of those questions with my boyfriend of eight years. And I'm just like, I don't even... I don't even know how don't I answer know, that yeah. for you after this many years of us living together. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting there. I have, you know, eight to 10 minutes that I was allotted. And like, I have yeah. to ask a lot of questions about Gabby. I do, because that's what people want yeah. to know. And yes. it's, it's, I'm like, if I had half an hour, then yeah, we would have probably talked a lot of lovely stuff too, but I don't have that much time. So I yeah. am going to ask you a lot of questions about Gabby and that's the nature of the show. And that's what the audience wants to know. And it's, it's a, it's a cycle. And, you know, I'm not saying I ask every perfect question, but it's, it's so much time pressure in that sense too. So if it was yeah. like, you know, they did two interviews and they, the questions were allotted, even with the love is by reunion, people are very upset about the questions that were asked and the bias and stuff. And I think that's why Bravo does do it so well with Andy Cohen, just reading Twitter questions. Who knows how many are real, yeah. who knows whatever, but you have a question that you're asking to this housewife, then you immediately turn to the other housewife and be like, well, this user actually disagrees with that amazing take this percent. Like you, you yeah. give both whatever, and there's unlimited time. And Andy Cohen went off about how a live reunion is a bad idea. They did it years ago with Houses of Miami. You have to warm everybody up. You have to cut the fluff, get to the good stuff and give yourself time. So, you know, it's a learning curve for Netflix too, as much success as they've had with that stuff, but it, it all kind of goes hand in hand that it's not, you know, going to be a perfect, perfect system. Yeah, I definitely think I think the Bachelor franchise, they have so many opportunities to change up their show. Like, just do what Love is, Love is Blind does. Just cast all of your contestants from one city. And you can do yeah. one of the big cities, Chicago, L.A., like Dallas, you know, the, the cities they're casting right now for Love is Blind here in Denver. Like, choose a city where all the contestants are from there. And then first off, that's going to be some great drama because, you know, people they know, each, know other. each other. Yeah. There's going to be so much drama there, but then it's also going to be more realistic in the long run because they can all be in the same, they can be in the same city, whoever they end up choosing afterwards, right. that it can be a more realistic opportunity for them to stay together versus bachelor where literally everybody's just like, is this our first couple with Zach and Katie that are, are in the same city that they chose? Like Zach lives in Austin, Katie lives in Austin. And I had to go back into like the, the dark years of the show back in the years that you can't even access anymore to watch 
to find a couple that lived in the same city, you know, and they don't even have to fully change up the structure of the show. Like they could do something like that and get more attention. Um, But I definitely think the franchise needs, they need to kind of embrace that their people are stars and and help them grow, you know, kind of like Taylor Mack from uh, Big Brother who just Mm -hmm. won. You know, she was doing uh, an interview after she won and she was like, hey, CBS is like asking me, like, what what do I want to do next? What media opportunities do I want? And they're helping me get those gigs. And I'm like, this is what every franchise should be doing because that's yeah. their star. A hundred percent. I did want to ask you about The Bachelor specifically with, I feel like Zach's season, a lot of people were noticing, this is kind of when people were having this aha of like Zach himself didn't even end up with that many followers. I did see a jump just in a personal casual glance with maybe Gabby, Katie and Zach by the end, but also like the drama revved up at the end. But where did Zach and his final four end up in the Instagram TikTok compared to maybe a more glory days of a Peter, a Matt, or even Clayton is probably somewhere in the middle. Like, is it a steady decline? Where did Zach and his final four end up? Yeah, it's been a pretty steady decline. So, and, and back to the whole Instagram versus ratings thing, I actually looked at the beginning of Zach's season. Mm-hmm. I looked at what percentage was that average dropping versus what percentage has the number of viewers been dropping. Okay. And the Instagram decline has been something like 43%, whereas ratings are dropping like 11%. So because Instagram followers are dropping at a higher rate, it's not necessarily, it, it is part of it is correlated to ratings. Obviously, if less people are watching, less people are going to need to follow. Right. But less people are following at a higher rate, which means it's more of an Instagram issue. Okay. But Zach is right now at about 200,000 followers. I think last I looked, he was at 208,000 followers, which is wild because very few contestants in the Love is Blind cast uh, have that many followers. But if you look at about a week after the finale aired, because the peak of getting followers on The Bachelor is within like the first month after the show. And then everybody starts to decline. Whereas Love is Blind, the contestants continue to gain for years after their show, just because it's more accessible. Um, But at about a week after the finale, Zach had 194,000 followers. And then his final four, let's look up. Katie obviously got the most followers because she was the winner. Um, Katie had 265,000 followers. Uh, Gabby had 211,000 followers. So more than Zach. Um, and then, oh gosh, who were his other final four? Ariel. Ariel. And Charity. Ariel has 148,000 or had 148,000 followers. And then Charity, she was a little different because she was announced as the next bachelorette. So she's going to continue to gain for a while, but she had 97,000 followers which is pretty abnormal, but in the greater, in the greater context of what's been going on, typically whenever a bachelorette is announced, they surge in followers. And while Kate charity has surged, um, she hasn't surged at the same rate. And it's what the surge that we are seeing for her is what we typically see for people of color contestants compared to white counterparts when they're announced as a lead. Oh, come on squad follow charity (laughs) um so it is definitely declining and overall is there a bachelor or bachelorette season that has had like the most followers as a collective group in the last couple years i know it might be hard to it's kind of a general question but is i just would be curious if there is like a, a a cast that reigns supreme as far as instagram followers yeah, it's uh, between Colton and Peter's season. So Colton, okay. Hannah, and Peter's seasons, those were the best time to be on the show. And that makes sense. So when you, when we talk about the average, do you know what the average final four would, was for like Peter's season versus what it is for Zach's season? Not off the top of my head, but if okay. if we can, no, if we can okay. pause this, I can get it. But <laughs> um, 
but no, it's, it's back then they were all getting over a million, like easily the final four. Um, and now it's just, it's just not that. And a lot of people will say, well, it's, oh, because Chris Harrison left, but that decline started during Claritasia season when Chris Harrison was there and there were absolutely no controversies with them. So the bigger factor there was, you know, a global pandemic happened, which is a pretty big factor in most pieces of data now. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, you know, Netflix started releasing a ton of reality TV shows during that time. TikTok became the most visited website in the world. You know, all of these factors. And we can even see that in the TikTok data. Um, you know, we have contestants like Hannah Brown and the Quarantine Crew and Matt James and Tyler Cameron that made their di- their debut on TikTok and they were making really great engaging content and were getting millions of followers um, right. or a million or two. Um, and now we're seeing it with Netflix contestants. You look at people like Francesca that are making really great content going on TikTok live. Like they're not scared of being in front of the camera. They're not scared of just putting out content to see what sticks and what doesn't. And they're just thriving in the TikTok world. Yeah. Makes sense. For Zach's season, even though there was like a decline, was there anything that you noticed or tracked differently or that stood out to you about either Zach or his contestants on an Instagram or TikTok level? Yeah, I, part of me is wondering how much the franchise is telling them not to create content until the end of the season. Because first off, I try to keep as much distance as I can from the contestants. I do reach out to them because I like to confirm things like race, which this season I was really glad to because people like Ariel and Greer don't identify as white or people of color. They identify as Jewish. And then I learned a lot about mm-hmm. the Jewish community and how they don't identify sometimes in either one of those categories. So I do reach out to contestants. I do talk to them, but I try to stay away from them as much as possible. And I never ask them like contractually, are you allowed to do this? Cause I don't want to get myself in, totally. in a legal nightmare. But what I've been noticing is the bachelor franchise they wait until like the finale or after the the tell all episode to finally start making like videos on TikTok and stuff. Whereas Netflix contestants are st- they're starting like week two of their show, right? Um, Makes sense. And they're not scared. I mean, a lot of them their their first few videos are not great, you know? <laughs> but they you you got to learn. You got to you have to put out bad content. And if you keep waiting, which you know I've even reached out. I reached out last season to a contestant from Paradise because they did this uh, Instagram live with the franchise. And I was like, Hey, you should, you know, with your background, like you should really consider making videos on interior design and all this stuff based on your, like what your degree was. And they didn't start doing until a month after paradise. And I'm like, this was your prime time. Like the algorithm was in your favor. Everybody was looking at your stuff. Like, it just makes me sad. Cause like, I want to see a lot of, like, I I was excited for this first. And I was like, your couch is beautiful. Like it's this yellow (laughs) couch and the colors in the background. I was like, I want to learn from you. And you know, there, there's just, it seems like there's more hesitancy to make content, but part of me wonders if that's because their contract, right. Probably. And if so, I hope the franchise is listening. Like, please change that. Like you guys have finally changed the tagging, like let them make content because they are free advert. They're walking advertisers for you. You know, if you look at uh, Zach season, what was absolutely fascinating to analyze was Christina Mandrell mm-hmm. and Victoria Jameson. They came into the show with tons of followers. I mean, Victoria had almost a million followers on TikTok already. Right. Ended up going home, I think like week two or week three, but her videos, I mean, were they all great videos? No. Are all of my great, my videos that great? No. <laughs> Some of them flop and I put the most time into the ones that flop, but right. these people were walking advertisements and Victoria and Christina were getting millions of views on TikTok for this show 
you know, it's, it's like they need to encourage this. They need to help them. They need to like get them to make content to get people to keep watching. Yeah, that's so interesting. And my last question for you, is there anything that you're looking to test or track for charities season? What are you excited about maybe seeing a difference? Do you have predictions? Like what are you going into a new season of The Bachelorette besides having fair at how you're going to watch it abroad? What are you looking <laughs> forward to with charity and with her men um, for your, I don't even know what number of season that you've been tracking closely and not retroactively in real time. Yeah. So I think this season we're going to be changing up how we do screen time to kind of account for a little bit more of screen time where they aren't necessarily the focus. So the big thing right now is essentially the way I track screen time is in this one second, literally down to the one second, who is the focus on the screen? So it ends up that at by the end of the, the episode, which two hours, but with commercials. So it's more like 86 minutes, 84 minutes. Right. Um, certain people only have seven minutes of screen time and people are like, this is wild. They were on the screen way more than seven minutes. So we're going to be doing more of like group screen time. So a one-on-one date, for example, both the lead and the contestant will be getting screen time. Um, or if there's like a host on the date um, and it's bouncing between them every like two to three seconds, I think we're going to change up how we do that just so number one we can get like a a better screen time um that feels a little bit more right but also so we can start getting some retroactive screen time um and that's also how i started tracking for love is blind so if it's a segment where you know it's uh jackie and marshall in a room and both of them get screen time and it's just going back and forth between them um and then the other piece is A little bit more, like I'm not a big spoilers gal and I normally don't talk spoilers, but based on, you know, watching what's coming out right now with filming. um, So if you're like hardcore anti-spoiler, just like fast forward it for a minute. um, The It seems like they've shortened the filming. So um, this isn't now retroactively, this is not a spoiler, but if you look at last, you know, since the pandemic has hit, obviously the first few seasons changed quite a bit. You look at Matt James, you look at Katie, you look at Clarentasia, They were all in single locations and that made sense. They had to adjust filming around, you know, quarantining and whatnot. Um, But what's been really interesting is that pre-pandemic, Bachelor and Bachelorette, it was 10 weeks of filming. And I define a week of filming as dates and then a rose ceremony. That's one week. So first night is considered one week. The next week, there's three dates and then a rose ceremony. That's another week. Um, it's always been 10 weeks ever since I think Jake, uh, Brad Womack's second season was when they went to 10 weeks and then Claire and Tasha's season, neither of them got 10 weeks. Matt James got 10 weeks. Katie Thurston did not get 10 weeks. Michelle didn't get 10 weeks. Clayton got 10 weeks. Gabby and Rachel did not get 10 weeks. Okay. <laughs> Zach got 10 weeks. Charity, based on what we're seeing, is getting significantly less than anybody has gotten. So I think we're going to be trying to see like what's going on with that and why are bachelorette seasons being the ones that they're testing things with, you know, getting the two leads, getting the lead that leaves mid-season, you know, two bachelorette seasons in a year. They're not testing anything with the Bachelor franchise, but they're testing quite a bit of things with charity season now as well. They're pushing it back an hour, right? which... The biggest piece of tea, which I have to call out the media, and I know you're the media, <laughs> that no one has realized charity season is going to be an hour later. Yes, we've all talked about that, right? Yeah. Who's taking that first hour block? You tell me. Claim to fame. Oh. But nobody's realized who an executive producer is on Claim to Fame. Right. It's the creator of Love is Blind is an executive producer for Claim to Fame that took oh. the first hour block of Bachelorette this year. 
Oh my God. I didn't, I, I just would figure, cause I know like Robert Mills who does like special programming with ABC, like claim to fame, success, the bachelor, those are all successes for him. So I would, if I saw that, I would just assume, you know, claim to fame did decently enough for them to give it a second season, probably pretty cheap to make throw it on, maybe try to get people. It wasn't necessarily working as a lead in or people are going to turn on ABC at eight o'clock thinking the bachelor's on. Maybe they'll get hooked was what I was kind of thinking they were doing, but that's an interesting connection. Yeah. That now not only is love is blind doing so well, but somebody who created it is now taking the first slot of the bachelorette. So anyways, long story short, they're testing a lot of different things with the bachelorette that they aren't testing with the bachelor. Um, and I think just tracking all of those changes to see like what's working, what isn't working and why are they doing all of this? Yeah. Because I, I don't like to go directly to sort like, I want to figure out with the data, why are they doing all of this? So it'll be that, interesting to see. That is interesting. I mean, the bachelor historically performs better. So maybe they think like, don't mess with that because, and who knows, it could be the time of the time of year it airs. It could be also people just, you know, women enjoy maybe watching other women like yep. get catty than men. There's a lot of reasons why that, whatever, but historically the bachelor does do better in ratings than the bachelorette. So I guess they're thinking maybe in some sense, like let's try crazy things. Let's try to get people to catch up. We have to do more like gimmicks or change things, but it maybe is, is jipping the lead to some degree or, you know, restricting the leads chances charity. If she has less time, is that fair exactly. that she would, you know, find her person if Zach had 10 weeks with Katie and charity is going to get however many weeks with whoever she ends up with. Is that fair? Um, and if you look at Matt James and now Zach, they are still with their final person. Not a single bachelorette since they've started shortening the seasons are still with their person. And right. then if you look back at the early years of this show, back before Brad Womack's second season, all of the bachelors, so I think they had like 14, no, 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 not 14, like 11 at that point, 12. And uh, I think they had like six bachelorettes at that point. Only okay. one of them is still together back when they did the shorter seasons. So is this going to be setting up the bachelorettes for less success? Especially when I feel like, I mean, the bachelor franchise faces criticism for a lot of things and always will to some degree. But the one, the, the OG is it doesn't work. Yeah. Like people love going back to that. Like it's, you're not going to find love. And then even if like, I always say whatever's on screen, I always want the opposite. So if I'm getting a love story, I'm like, oh, this season was boring. If you're getting drama, you're like, where's the love story? So we're never going to be happy as a franchise yeah. overall. Like I'm the, I'm the poster child of that. And I'll admit it. Like I, if I listened <laughs> back, I'd be such a hypocrite probably. And I, but I at least own it, you know, self-awareness, but um, that's so true. Like you're really setting up for that to keep coming up. If you're not even giving as many days or weeks, or even like maybe throw in some like extra private time and kind of yes. tell us like something's happening and like tease the audience with it. And then we can speculate about what went down and then they can decide whether they want to share it. But then we at least know they're getting like a real shot or dates like a love is blind live in an apartment. Like maybe like, let's like make the final four, like live together for a night and in a boring apartment with nothing yeah. to do. Like, I just feel like it can't be that hard to try to amp up or copy what other shows are doing to get more success rates or more failures, but then like quicker failures. Like if they break up before the show's over, then we at least get to watch it versus trying to follow them on Instagram and like figure out who's commenting on what. And then it's shady. And then it's our job to be like, did you break up? Like, I don't even know if I need a, I just want closure, like good yeah. or bad. And I think that would be, I think that's the thing. I think you put them in an apartment for a week and we make the bachelor live with them all for a week yeah. and figure out who, you know, individually and figure out who's more compatible that way. That would be something. Yeah. They just, they need to change it up because even if you, if you try to say, well, this show needs to end because nobody stays together. Like I said, the first like six years of this franchise, no one stayed together except for Trista and Ryan. Right. That's it. 
And every single other lead ended. And we even had a bachelor who didn't choose anybody. But I think the bigger thing is that it's gotten to the point where somebody like myself can create an account to figure out who they're choosing to go on certain dates, because statistically, they are not changing a single dang thing. And I can figure out on The Bachelorette, the favorites get the fireworks dates. And the helicopter dates on The Bachelor are the kiss of death. The lead doesn't actually choose who they want to have a helicopter date before hometowns. (laughs) Like they got to change things up like that. Yeah. And that's cool for me. Like I'm like, Oh, cool. I can pinpoint this. Yeah. But like it, it makes it really boring for the viewers. If it gets down to like that analytical level that it's so easy to predict, like they just need to change up the format in some way to get number one, get in the news again and get people interested and then start to cast some people that are a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for taking time, you know, to talk to me, but also you're doing the Lord's work. I know it's your full-time job now, which is awesome. I'm, that's so amazing. And I can't wait to see what's next and what show, you know, sparks such a, you know, fire that you need to be tracking those people. And then always coming back to the flagship of The Bachelor. I think that's a fascinating thing. And um, this was really fun to talk to you. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me back.